Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Angelo Sidewalk Talk today. I'm here with Alexander23. What up? <laughs> You're originally born in Chicago or? What, me? Yeah. Yeah, I guess who else? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, was, uh, I was born in Chicago. Are your parents originally from Chicago? Yes, they both. Oh, what do they do? Um, my dad is a lawyer and my mom is, has a custom apparel business, which actually, coincidentally, I'm wearing the merch. Oh, really? My mom, my mom, I make my merch with my mom. No way. Cool. Well, who else is she? Uh, make clothes for she does it like for like local businesses around like where I grew up yeah um, but it's been really fun doing with her and we talk a lot <laughs> I guess it's a family business now with the merch yeah it is Everyone's it's, no it's a blast it's really fun <laughs> so where do you think you got your credo side from from her my dad is the reason I started playing guitar he uh, he played a little bit and I saw him playing I was like oh that looks cool like I want to try that but didn't and you then, like not like it I hated it the yeah. first time, so I, yeah, that's, wow, you, you did your research. So I, uh, I hated it when I was like seven years old, and then I started again when I was like eight, and I was like, no, nah, this is cool, I want to Because of John Mayer. But, yeah, well, I, like, that's kind of how I learned to play, was just like learning songs that I loved. What kind of music were your parents playing in the house when you were growing up? It was kind of a little bit of everything. I mean, once I started playing guitar, I started listening to a lot of, like, singer-songwriter stuff, like John Mayer, but my dad was super into just, like, anything that was kind of rock and roll mm. and then also a lot of like progressive rock like super tramp or genesis or yes stuff like that yeah so it's definitely eclectic and you're really into sports back then right like baseball basketball yeah yeah if there was a sport i definitely played it or at least tried it and then i played basketball throughout growing up were you really competitive play. you must have been if you did for all those years yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. i would hope so i just sucked for like <laughs> the first 18 years of my life and then called it quits um no yeah i played uh just through high school. I didn't play in college though. I guess that took up all your time then with the training and everything. Um, yeah, it was a lot. I mean, but like I always knew that I wasn't going to play professional basketball, but I knew that if I worked hard enough, I could be a professional musician. Mm. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's where I'm at now. I'm doing How this because I couldn't play pro basketball. <laughs> it's the only reason. How would you describe yourself back then growing up? Pretty quiet, I think. Just kind of reserved. I, I don't know. I didn't play video games. Just kind of like my like guitar was like my video games. Like mm. my like the way some kids sit by their, themselves and play video games. Yeah. Like that was what guitar was to me. And I would just sit for hours and kind of practice and write songs. And I've probably written a million oh, horrible wow. songs. And then one day they started not being horrible. Did you do well in school or? Uh yeah. I I definitely did well. I liked school a lot. Like. That's so rare. To, You're probably like the first musician I've interviewed who said that. No, yeah. I like school. I like learning. Like I, I enjoyed that stuff. Um, and if I wasn't doing music, I would have been happy to, you know, kind of finish school and, and do something like that. But you think it was from your parents that they made you, or you wanted to do well academically? Um, it was definitely a little bit of both. I, like, I, I enjoyed like math and science and stuff like that and reading. So. That was part of it, but they definitely pushed me to like to work hard in school, and it was definitely like important in my house growing up. Mm-hmm. What career at that point did you think you would have? Well, I went to college in Philly for uh, mechanical engineering, mm-hmm. and so I thought that I was gonna like be a mechanical engineer, and then. What made you wanted to do engineering? I just loved like it's kind of the same way with music, which is why I learned how to produce music, just like 
the freedom of learning how to make something from scratch. And like now what I do is I make songs from scratch, but I wanted to be able to make like objects from scratch completely by myself. And in high school I built an electric guitar by myself and that's kind of what like triggered like that like desire to become a mechanical engineer, which did not happen. What made you wanted to go to Penn instead of going to learn, go to some art school? I always wanted to do music, like I said, but it never felt like super, super realistic. And so I thought about taking time off after high school to try and like get something going, but uh, it just like felt so far away. So I was, I, I was like, I'll just go to school and at least learn something I'm interested in academically while I kind of figure out how to make music a career. What age were you when you started being in bands? Oh man, like as soon as I started playing guitar. Mm -hmm. I remember my first gig was in my elementary school lunch. During lunch, <laughs> we played, their lunch was like in the gym, and like we played on like the stage in the gym. And we did, no one sang. We all played our instruments sitting down. It was like, <laughs> just like, we just didn't know like what anything was yet. And we were just excited to play in front of our friends. And they all clapped and like, from that moment on, I was just like, oh, this feels good. Like, if I could just keep recreating this, I'll be happy forever. Were you also already singing back then? Um, yeah, definitely. But I wasn't good enough to sing and play at the same time yet. So, mm. <laughs> since I can remember, I've been kind of just like singing in various forms. Were you also in like Battle of the Bands or any of the performances? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was your thing. I actually am pretty sure I'm undefeated in Battle of the Bands. I no don't think way. I've ever lost one. <laughs> I'm serious. Wow. I, I mean, I haven't died that. Don't take that as if like I've done like a thousand of them. I've probably only done like four or five in my life, but yeah. it's still pretty good. Yeah. Were you? Um, where else were you performing back in the day? With your bands? Like any place that would have us. We played at pizza shop, a lot of charity events, which is cool. Mm -hmm. I, I like doing that a lot. And then as I got older, I started like playing some shows by myself, and I would like play at bars in high school, but. I was obviously under 21, so my parents would have to come with me. <laughs> so, so I would like play like three-hour shows at bars, which is horrible. For anyone who's ever played bars, they know what I mean, because it's just like, it is really exhausting. And they, people do not care that you're there. You're just mm -hmm. like background music. My parents would be like sitting in the back of the bar while I'm playing, because <laughs> they, had, they had to have a chaperone. Yeah. Was it original music or mostly covers? Um, it, was, it was a mix. It was definitely a mix. Oh, wow. I realized pretty early on that like my dream wasn't to like just be the best guitar player ever that it was like to write songs and that that's what I cared about mm -hmm. um, so I didn't like stop practicing guitar but like that became the focus of, of what I wanted to get better at and what I was yeah. working on. How much music were you able to do when you were at college? Um, a good amount. When you don't go to class you have a lot more time for music so. But you were actively <laughs> skipping a lot? What? No 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 I mean I was I mean yes yes and no. <laughs> I don't know. I, oh I yeah. I, I realized that that's what I wanted to do, and so I was putting a lot of effort into that. But did your parents know, like you were skipping class? No, I mean I, that makes it sound like I was like <laughs> skipping class. They're because they're gonna watch us. Too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but no, I was. I it was. Let's say let's say a healthy balance. I wasn't going to every class. So you were still like getting to... the grades, so they didn't really care. Yeah, the grades yeah. were fine. There was there's no cause for. But it never occurred to you to drop out. Um, well, I dropped. I did drop out. Oh, you did? Yeah, after my freshman year. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I made it, I made it through a year. It was a fun year. And, uh, <laughs> um, what was the turning point? I played in a band and actually with Andrew, my manager, okay. walking awkwardly about 15 feet ahead of us right now. <laughs> for you guys. Uh, and we started touring like the fall that would have been my sophomore year, and mm -hmm. so it was kind of just like a choice. Like I could either like pursue this and try and make this my life. Uh, 
or just kind of stay in school and, and do that whole thing. And I was like, how could I, you know, this is what I've always wanted. So we called it a leave of absence at the time, even though mm. I knew I knew it was, it was tough. What yeah. did your parents think? They were super supportive. Oh, wow. you know, like they obviously weren't just like, go, you know, they were like asking me questions, but they were super supportive. They knew that that's what I wanted to do with my life. And, and they've been so supportive of music, like all throughout growing up. Mm -hmm. It was like, how are they going to now when something was real and happening be like no don't do it right after you dropped out did you have any mentors or anyone in music they could ask for advice totally so the the band i was playing in worked with a lot of talented people and i don't know about anyone like in particular but just the access that i then had to just like amazing songwriters and producers who i would relentlessly ask a million questions of, mm. you know how do i do this how do i do that um was incredible and that's kind of what shaped like my like production skill level and like mm -hmm. comfort writing by myself and then how long were you in the band oh were you living in new york at that point yeah so we were living in new york mm -hmm. um and we did that for probably like three years then yeah um and it was fun it was yeah a lot of fun. taught me a lot and then what clicked you to start your own solo project um so when the band ended about like a year ago a year and a half ago i was at first i was just like writing and producing for other people in the studio not making my own music and then I'd say probably like six months ago I just kind of like I hit a wall and I was just like I love making music with other people for other people but I really need to spend some time and make my own music for me mm -hmm. and so it was kind of just like all in one day I just called everyone I knew I was like this is what I'm doing now. Did you have to find a job or something? Luckily I did not. Damn, that's good. Yeah which was great because I signed a publishing deal um, and so I had enough money to eat and have a place to live which was that great. happened so quickly oh well, i was in a band and we like had you know like things were happening with that so when i decided to originally just like start writing producing for other people everyone was super supportive mm -hmm. and they kind of kept the dream alive long enough until it started working at a kind of bigger capacity mm -hmm. what was it like going from just like writing music in your own bedroom being put in sessions and learning how to make songs with other people. It was interesting. It, it, it's kind of like it didn't come totally natural to me, and I think it doesn't come natural to a lot of people um, because you're so used to like being the president of your song, you know. And like then when you start working with people, it's like a lot more collaboration, which inevitably comes with uh, compromise, mm -hmm. which is not always a bad thing. But I think the best part of collaboration is kind of like learning things about how you like to write songs you know and like I've just picked up so many individual things from different people and kind of that's kind of what's formed like my songwriting sensibilities and what I like and what I don't like mm -hmm. you know? when did you start picking out producing in high school I was always like oh, okay doing stuff but it wasn't like super serious and like it wasn't good like I wasn't very good mm -hmm. and then uh, probably like three or four years ago I started to get pretty serious about it because like I was talking about the freedom of just like being able to make something by myself from scratch and not needing other people to like you know completely see through a song. How did your deal come about? So we were published by Sony for the, the band I was in and then when the band ended they were just super supportive of me. Did you already have songs to show them or proof of what you can do? Um, yeah. Did, yeah. Yeah definitely. I mean at that point I'd been like just making music outside the band just for fun mostly it's just like another outlet mm -hmm. um, but I guess they showed enough promise to yeah. be worth it for them mm -hmm. to continue their kind of like feel like investment 
just like <laughs> is, is such a such a harsh word, but yeah. I guess that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Are you able to say like the people you've uh, produced for or wrote for? Um, yeah, I mean it's mm -hmm. not it's not like a super like crazy list of people. Mm -hmm. Most of it is just like kind of up and coming artists in in New York that I was kind of coming up with at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like who? Um, a friend of mine, Sam Sutton. Mm -hmm. I have a song coming out tomorrow with a girl named Maud Latour. Oh, nice. A song coming out soon with an artist named AJ Mitchell. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I interviewed him. I'm like, wait, yeah, of course. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. He's so nice. Yeah, he's the man. I love AJ. A bunch more. It's funny. It's like it's like when someone asks you, like, what have you been listening to lately? I know. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, boy. I listen to music 18 hours a day, and I just can't remember. I think, can't think of one name right now. But, yeah, I've been lucky enough to work with a lot of people who I think are incredible, which is always cool. Mm -hmm. Do you still do that, like, balance your writing for other people and yourself, or not just... Um, much, much less now. It's definitely something I still do and, and like to do. But, uh, um, but it's definitely not my focus right now. But it's nice because it kind of like resets my own brain in a way. So mm -hmm. then when I go to like write by myself, for me, it's like sometimes I need to get out there and like collaborate with something, someone for something else. Mm -hmm. And what made you want to get a record deal so quickly? Like, how long have you been putting out music before you were approaching labels? So, we, I had not put out any songs before. Wow. Signed, which is funny, because, like, the original, like, idea was, like, you know, we don't need a label, let's just do it ourselves. When I say let's, I mean... <laughs> and then now manager. you're, like, label and then, ASAP. <laughs> and then, I don't know, it's just, like, they, they totally understood, like, my dream and the way I wanted to do things and my style of writing and everything from the jump so much that I was, like... You know, like this immediate added value is, is worth it for me personally. And like, I think people often, I'm not like pro-label or anti-label, but I think people often like um, box that kind of stuff into like one person. Like people will see Chance and they'll be like, mm -hmm. oh, like, well, no one should do a deal. You know, it's like, yeah. well, that's not true. Maybe he's the exception, not the rule, you know. Um, but for me, it just made sense. Um, and I have a great team and everyone's super cool with kind of like, doing things my way which is I feel like you have everything already figured out that's the difference <laughs> or like that or like you your mean, style of music well, yeah, I mean, and but yeah no I mean I've, I've went through enough in like the past five years like life-wise and musically where it's yeah. like I know what I like and what I don't like and I know how I want to sound and yeah, I know how exactly. I want things to look and I make most of the visual stuff myself or at least with someone you know so um I just kind of needed help and I think another thing a label brings is like immediate like international help because like it's just a kid in LA like you know how do I get my music outside of this country you know and it's mm -hmm. like well there are people that's job is to help you do that yeah and how did you realize Interscope's the right fit kind of from the jump it just felt super like authentic the relationship felt authentic and and right and we met with a bunch of people and there's so many awesome people on, on that side of things but no one could kind of no one felt more like they just immediately understood exactly what I wanted to do more than them so mm -hmm. just felt like the right fit and then what was the turning point when you realized that you needed or wanted to make the move to LA um I kind of just wanted to like separate the errors of my life in a way mm. and so I think physical location is a huge part of like how you act and how you feel yeah and so I just needed something different um, and there's obviously an enormous, fruitful music community out here, so 
It just made sense professionally and mentally and emotionally and everything else. Ali. Were you surprised that right after your first song it already kind of got so big? <laughs> I don't even, like, it doesn't feel like... I don't know how to put this. Like, my goals are so lofty that it's like I don't even really ever think about, like, if something's doing well because it's not doing well in comparison to what I want. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like the goalposts almost, like, always move. And so, it's like by the time I achieve something that was a goal a month ago, I'm already like, well, I want this now. Mm-hmm. Which is, which I constantly have to kind of, like, remind myself, like, sometimes you just got to appreciate certain things, like... I just got like a new studio and if you would have told me like two years ago that I would be putting out my own music and have my own place to work, you know, like yeah. that's not like a bedroom or my friend's mom's garage, like I would be stoked. And now it's like, well, I want this, you know, so mm -hmm. just a balance. For your song Dirty Air Force Ones, does the person know that's about them? Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Like, did you, I guess they already, like, heard it, or did he show it to that person, like, uh, when you were still writing it? Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but that song, I mean, like, the process of writing that song was very, very quick. It wasn't, like, a drawn-out process where I'm, like, laboring over it and sending them demos and stuff like that. Like, it happened, you know, some songs take, like, months to, like, pull out of the air and be like, okay, like, how do I make this song? And then sometimes it just <laughs> happens in a few hours and... And that was one of those. How do you realize that was the right song, or the right song that you wanted it to be your first song? It just was kind of like, I think the song that is most uniquely me. Mm. Like I can't hear anyone else singing that song. And so as far as just like, people extrapolate so much when you have one thing out, you know, one song or one video, or like if someone directs their first movie, they think like, oh, well, that's everything about that person. I know that from this song. So knowing that I was like, well, I want to put out a song where if people assume that about me, they're right, you know? And so if you listen to Dirty Efforts Ones, that is me. That's my production style. That's my writing voice. That's what I sound like, you know, so. And what was your inspiration for music videos? I just wanted something super, super simple and super powerful uh, that kind of told the story in a way where it wasn't like, you know, a girl on a plane, like actually physically doing all these things, but I still wanted to tell the story of the song. So I think we kind of found the balance between like that narrative thing and still something that's like super visually uh, special. Do you have movie inspirations for it or inspirations outside of musicians for music videos? Not really. <laughs> I'm not like a huge movie person. Movies mm -hmm. for me, I think I uh, see movies in a similar way as a lot of people, I think, listen to music where it's like, it can be a passive thing for me. It's something where I'm not like analyzed. Like when I listen to a song, I'm like super like listening to one thing at a time. Like I can't like listen to the whole thing as a song is very difficult for me because oh, every day, because every day like I make songs part by part yeah. by part and like build it that way. So it's hard for me to just listen to a song and hear just the whole song. Mm -hmm. Like if I listen to a new song, I'll have to listen to it five times before I could even tell you if I really like it because it's just there's too much going on for me. But movies, I can sit down and just like watch a movie and all I see is that movie. And I'm not like some of my friends after will be like, I didn't like that one shot. Like they could have done that. I'm like, I don't even think about that stuff. Oh, I cannot true, even yeah. imagine. Like I just take it exactly how it is. And why did you want to talk about death in your second song? Um, I think that people are kind of afraid to talk about death in uh, the way, at least the way I see that song in a more like 
positive way. And like, I think I'm talking, actually talking about less about death and more about life. Was there like a specific moment that triggered you to write that song? Not really. Not really. I think like in the last few years in general, people have been a little bit more like open about death. And I just kind of wanted to like put my own spin on that because I think about it a lot. Uh, in terms just, of what? Well, I just think that people so often say like life is too short or, or this or that. And it's like, man, like maybe it's not, you know, mm. like maybe we're just like spending our time wrong. And like when I die, I want people to like think that I was a nice guy and did a lot of cool stuff. And like, it's fine, you know, you live and then you die. Mm-hmm. So you might as well do some cool shit in between, you know? <laughs> you answered the last question that I usually ask people. It's like, what do you want to be remembered for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I already answered. Just a, just a cool dude who did some cool shit and was nice to people. <laughs> What's your inspiration for your merch? I love doing, like, graphic design stuff. Um, oh, do you design it all yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. All the merch, all the album art. I mean, you can do everything. Um, yeah, which is cool, too, because, like, I never get like bored or like frustrated with one thing because if I do I'll just switch you know if I like I'm working on a song all day and I just can't get that last like yeah. line or something like that I'll just like okay like let me make a new t-shirt just clear my brain did you teach yourself all that like photoshop yeah, yeah I mean I use the term teach myself loosely because I guess that is true but like I watch YouTube tutorials. Yeah. Is that like teaching yourself? Yeah, it is because no one's helping you. Well, I guess. But they, but they are helping. I mean, like <laughs> someone is teaching me. I am not like just struggling through <laughs> Adobe Illustrator, like, like fucking it up until I figure out how to do it. That's true. But no one is there physically teaching me. I didn't take a class or anything like that. You know, like. Mm -hmm. But see, yes, I taught myself. Loose definition of teach. <laughs> and what made you want to put out merch so soon? Um, I just love, I love clothes, mm -hmm. like, and I was like, well, this is a perfect platform for me to design my own clothes. I, like, actually have a reason, you know, rather than just being like, hey, everyone, buy my t-shirt for no reason that I made, you know, like. Mm -hmm. And you actually made it. <laughs> That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you locked into, like, rainbow as your, like, branding or? Not necessarily. I just, I love colors Same. i think a lot of people right now are like super like minimal and like, actually we're pretty matching yeah that is true i like that shirt <laughs> but there's definitely a trend of like minimal and muted stuff right now and it's like well what about bright colors you know like i deserve some love too mm -hmm. <laughs> and what plans do you have for the the rest of the year can you say like ep or um, you probably definitely have an ep it's like well i have enough no? songs for a double album that's not the yeah. question it's like how to best kind of like deploy like the songs I have and the songs I care about yeah. while simultaneously you know I'm like I'm writing new stuff every day that I love so there's no like concrete plans yet as to like how to fully put it out but just what I can promise and what is important to me is just like consistently putting out something all the time you know mm. um, and every song will have a music video every song will have a lyric video every song will have an acoustic video you oh, know wow. and like just like kind of living in that song for like five weeks and then moving on to something else. How would you say your music has changed compared to the early songs you made? It's actually a good question because like after tour I kind of went back to the studio and I it like intangibly felt a little different. I don't really know. I think I'm just production wise I like doing different stuff because I think that my just voice as a songwriter will kind of be like the consistent thread and it kind of allows me to take different I don't know about risks, but, but diversify like the arrangements that is around the songwriting. Um, and I think 
the way the music has changed is not like any like new like production style or anything that's totally different. It's kind of just like getting more and more comfortable within my own voice. And how did the tour with Alec Benjamin come about? We just we had a lot of mutual friends and uh, kind of just came together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't really know. Like, did you already incredible. know about him from a long time ago? Yeah, I mean, I was a fan of his music um, for a while before yeah. that. And so when I got the call, they were like, hey, you're, you're going to... I was like, what? I don't even have a song out yet. You know, like, <laughs> at the time, I didn't have a song out when I found out. Mm -hmm. What were um, you performing on of then? Well, by the time the tour started, Dirty Air Force Ones was out. Um, so then I played that and just... Lots of covers? Seven other... No, just unreleased songs. Oh. But the cool thing was his fans were so awesome and they, like... They wanted to like me. They wanted me to do well and they wanted to be a fan. So, yeah. like, they were... Rather than being like, well, I don't know any of these songs, so I hate this. This sucks. They were like, well, like, hold on, let me give this guy a try. Because if I like it, then I found a new artist I can listen to. Mm -hmm. And that's cool because I love music. And so as like a performer, especially doing my first tour by myself, it was like the perfect yeah, it, audience. I, because <laughs> they were just like, you know, like they wanted it to go well for mm -hmm. me, you know. That's so good because I, I remember actually videoed him performing and all the comments are extremely positive so I know what you mean about his yeah, audience. Yeah, they're so like, cool. They're... Like they, they, they love music just like I do and so as long as I don't go up there and like suck and be mean, you know, like they're going to give me a shot. Mm -hmm. You know, and then it's up to them to decide if they want to, you know, actually be a fan. What was it like going from performing as a group to solo? Like th did you realize the difference a lot? Definitely. It's, it's, it's a lot different. It's definitely a lot different. Yeah, in a lot of ways, like, the lows are lower and the highs are higher. Interesting. You know, like, if I mess up, it is, like, only oh, yeah. me that messed up. And <laughs> it couldn't be confused as, like, a group error. There's no, like, it's, like, very clear, like, oh, this guy, he fucked up. And I know that because he's the only one on stage, you know. <laughs> um, but, like, the, the, the rewarding feeling of being up there, like, by myself and doing something awesome and everyone going crazy is, like, oh, I did that completely by myself. Mm -hmm. It's one, you know, like, but, uh. I guess like, even though you're starting as a kind of a new artist, you already have all this experience of being on stage. So actually, it comes really easy. Yeah, I mean, I I've been playing shows on stage since I was like eight yeah. or nine years old. So it's like it's not something I'm like nervous. And I rehearse a lot, so it's like this is gonna go how it's gonna go. You know, yeah. I've done everything I can. You know, like and so I just kind of enjoy it. You know, it's kind of like that's the rewarding part. Like you just like spend so many hours in the studio and so many hours rehearsing and. So many hours doing meetings and thinking about, you know, how do I do this and what should we do for this music video? And then, like, by the time you're on stage, it should just be, like, the icing. Like, mm -hmm. this is just the fun, this is the fun, the easy part, you know? Like, this is what I do. How would you say you've grown as a person compared to when you were younger? How have I grown as a person? That's a good, that's a deep one. <laughs> this one's hitting me hard. I don't want to give just a bullshit answer, so I'm going to think for, like, a second. Nice, I like that. I think that, and this is not to say that I was inconsiderate as a kid, but I think that I am more considerate now because of things that have happened in my life that have kind of made me more often think, like, what is happening in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And, like, so, like, now if, like, someone honks at me on the road and, like, speeds by me, my first thought isn't, like, whoa, fucking asshole. Yeah. It's, like, shit, like, I wonder... You know, hopefully something bad yeah. didn't happen to someone in their family where they're, like, rushing to get somewhere. Um, so I think that's yeah. been the biggest change I've seen in myself mm -hmm. in, like, the last, you know, six years. What would you say have been your biggest challenge in your life so far? Trying to do something creative. And this sounds like I'm so lucky to be able to do this every day. Like, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but 
I, doing something creatively professionally is can be extremely challenging and disheartening. Um, and it's hard to find barometers for your success that aren't, um, it's just hard to, in general to find barometers for like how you're doing, you know? Um, and I think it's dangerous to start like comparing yourself against people in your peer group or that are doing better or worse. And so it's hard to remind yourself that kind of everyone's journey is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that something you're actively aware of? Like when you compare yourself into Dalbai? Yeah, I think I'm pretty good at, at catching myself pretty early. Mm -hmm. on that stuff but it still inevitably happens you know you'll see someone else that's just like feels like an alternate universe version of you that's doing better or something and you're just like yeah. man I wish I was you know I still feel that every time I go to a concert I'm just like man like I am having trouble enjoying this because I'm like watching someone else live my dreams you know mm -hmm. and it's such a stupid like shitty feeling but it's it's unavoidable in a lot of ways mm-hmm what kind of advice do you have for someone who always like compares with other people and it's difficult for them to get out of it? Um, I think what I just tell myself is just like you don't like know them, you know, like yeah. you don't know like what they did to get there or, or who they are or who they came from or, or why it's working or you also don't know if it's going to keep working for them and all you can do, all you can control is what you're doing. And so focus on that because everything else is going to happen regardless of whether you like it or not, you know? Mm -hmm. Last question. What does love mean to you? What does love mean to me? Yeah. Love is the only thing that matters. I, so I was actually thinking about this a lot oh. recently. And I, I was trying to write a song about it, but it just sounded corny in the song. So maybe I'll find a way to say it right now. That's not corny. <laughs> um, it was some line like, I almost want to like pull out my phone and look it up. Yeah, you want to do it? Yeah. Okay. Some unreleased lyrics. Some unreleased lyrics that might never be released. Man, if someone had access to my notes section, they would think I'm. Absolutely insane. <laughs> Something like, if the square root of happy isn't money and isn't fame, then all you're worth is the love to your name. Just like, I, I identify as a person by the people who I love and the people that love mm. me. And so, that's why I said like love is everything. Like, it's like, that is who you are as a person more than anything else, is like, who you love and who loves you. Yeah. You know? I love everything that. else is like fine, you know, like who cares about everything else? Like that's that's all that really matters. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna something more about that lyric when I get home. I love that though. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was great. <laughs>
Rossi, who's Myro, um, our manager, we had like a four-way window on Skype. I'd never mm -hmm. done one before, it was really nerve-wracking. <laughs> I was sat there just like, don't know what to say, trying to make a joke, but like they might take it wrong. Because like one of them I'd never met and one of them yeah. I'd met like once before. So um, yeah, we, we spoke about maybe like the possibility of coming out here and doing some stuff and like it all it all rolled from there, basically. Mm -hmm. Like kind of got here and we realized there was a bunch of like UK kids putting in the work. So it was a, it was a really nice kind of vibe, you know? And then how did it click to you that you wanted to be with them like after that? I'll be honest, um, Myro, so Rossi, he, he manages like our, our like act, he manages a whole bunch of acts like um, Barely Alive and Virtual. Mm -hmm. and, but he, he like he, he he's half of the label as well, or a third even I should say, and he, he does like sort of two jobs. So kind of he introduced us to the label side of things, and then like when we worked with him as as like you know as manager or him as our manager, that was kind of when we were like, yeah, we're in good hands, man. Like <laughs> we've been through a lot of tricky situations, a lot of sticky ones, and you know when you're our age, Josh is 31, I'm 28. We're not like kids, you know? So when you've been like in a few management situations or a few label situations or anything like that, and they haven't gone the way you initially planned, meeting someone like Rossi seems a bit too good to be true, mm. you know? And like the whole Disciple crew, all these videos, you were like, right, they all look like real posy and everyone's real happy, but is it like that? And, and that was kind of our initial like concern, or at least it was mine. Um, and yeah, no, it really is like, there is a great, great vibe and being a small label in a small kind of genre it's like it's easy to maintain that really good vibe yeah and that's what it is really it's just a really good family vibe and everyone looks out for everyone there's no bitchiness like everyone's supporting mm. everyone's music someone has a release and it's bumped on everyone's pages and that's great yeah and it's not a it's not a guy in the office doing it it's us you know mm -hmm. i think that that is something that will always kind of make People like me and Josh, you know, want to like gravitate towards that. It's just like sweet, man. Mm -hmm. Actual, real people being really nice to each other, and it's refreshing. It's yeah. like you want to make music and send it to someone who you flip and respect, and have them get right back to you, and like, you know, send send their shit, and like, you know, it's just really nice. Nothing's contrived or fake. It's just it's real. It's, it's like it's rare. It's a unique thing that they've got, and they've worked like five years to get that. Yeah. So, yeah. Big up Disciple Crew. Does it feel a bit different because you've been in like bands and doing drums your whole life and now maybe you categorize under more of like a EDM producer or...? Uh, no, not, not particularly. So I'm um, yeah. like, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't champion my production skills. I suck. I'm pretty deaf, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I've, I've done like thousands of shows in my life. Um, I wouldn't... I think I did a hearing test recently and I struggled to hear over 10.5k. So oh my gosh. I'm like... I'm sure I'm, I'm I'm heading for a hearing aid before I'm like 35, so I wouldn't like jump in the producer seat and want to make a banger straight away. But like in in terms of like songwriting, I still enjoy like putting together a, a, a piece of work. That being said, Josh has worked on everything in the last two EPs, mm -hmm. the one that we just dropped, Echoes, and this new one. He's basically just been whipping them up, yeah. fucking quick. Like I think he did this last one in one week, <laughs> but like. The, the, the bulk of the work, I, like, you know, in one day, I'm pretty sure he sent me over two almost finished songs kind of from that EP that are both on the EP. So he's kind of on fire at the moment. Um, as far as, like, my contribution, like, so I've got a sample pack coming out with Virtual Riot mm -hmm. um, for, like, just, just drums, like, yeah. exclusively, like, rhythm and dubstep drums. It's got a cool name, um, and I'm going to put it all on, like, line very soon. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm not sure when this is going to go out, but if it's sometime soon, it'll probably be dropping at the same sort of time. So yeah, um, yeah. in the next month anyway. Mm -hmm. So that'll be all. That'll be all available for everyone to sort of uh, grab off uh, off the internet when it's all dropped. There'll be a link to everything, and yeah, hopefully uh, everyone starts using my shit in yeah. their songs because that's kind of what I like. You know, I, I, I like. I think drums are such a massive part of dubstep or any EDM genre for that matter, or any genre of music. So like, if I can make as many six sample packs as I can make for different like things, like a future bass one with future bass fills and you know drum and bass ones with drum and bass breaks and just keep doing that, that's kind of my contribution. That's where I want to aim to be in the next few years, is just like keeping Josh laced with like drum pack, uh, you know, drum samples and stuff that he can use in, in, in the music mm -hmm. he makes. Because it kind of makes everyone's life easier when there's real good stuff to just drag and drop. You know, that's kind of the the new the new way of making tunes. I mm -hmm. think if you're sat there like programming all day long, it kind of gets super boring when you're trying to put down an idea. So that's yeah. kind of that's my thing. I want to mm -hmm. get like new and creative drum loops in the mix and make dubstep a bit more dynamic and fun and live and real. That's my aim. That's my goal. Yeah. Yep. Day to day, if he's doing more of the producing, are you more? Of, do you do more of the the live, like live performance, like getting into that, or day to day? How do your roles so, uh, differ? So we like well, we do shows together. Yeah. We prepare for shows together, so that side of it's kind of uh, kind of normal. It's mm -hmm. more just like Josh will have a lot of times in the diary when we're not touring. There's no shows, and it might be like two weeks, or even like five days in between shows, and it'll just be like block booked out with like. EP production so he'll know exactly how long he has and the deadline will be in that month at some point and he'll just have maybe like two block book weeks to work on it mm -hmm. and that's kind of how that works now normally we used to write as you know when we were four people there'd be four people in a room but like I said Josh is uh since he's been like in LA since we moved over here I think just hanging around hanging around with a whole bunch of people on Disciple it's like they almost treat music production like a game it's 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 like you know like let me see your new IDs like you know and people go go home and whip up two or three new ones. It's um it's just like the, the speed at which people are making like really sick playable music has just gone tenfold in the last few years. So now that Josh is kind of like on that, it's yeah it's like you know if you, if you blink you might miss a tune. Mm -hmm. um, I know we made a drum and bass one last night. I saw him tweet about it. So, <laughs> you know, but that's mm -hmm. that's the nature of it. When when inspira inspiration is 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 kind of striking, you got to go with it. What does success mean to Modestep? Oh, that's a very difficult question. To be honest, I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain we can consider ourselves successful. The amount of stuff we've come kind of come through, mm -hmm. um, and we're still an act. You know, it's been almost ten years for for Josh um, and six for me. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd say, I'd say what is success? Will you ever know if you're killing it at the time? Probably, probably not. You'll probably look back after six months or a year and be like, holy fuck, man, that summer festival season killed it. But, yeah. you know, you won't know until you're on your headlining dates playing to, you know, an, an eighth of that many people. You won't know until, you know, you feel it. You know, there's certain sobering things in, in, in the music industry that will kind of make you feel like unsuccessful and there's ones that will make you feel like you're a king, so. Mm -hmm. You just gotta fake the rough with this move. Yeah, we have. I'd say we're successful. Yeah. Right? And, and like stupidly lucky to be able to do it. Dubstep took a dip, and like our own country, where where it's from, wouldn't play it on the radio. You know, it, it was getting no love. So, for for Josh to have kind of kept playing dubstep, even in all of that climate, mm. you know, you, you know, when you could have been playing house and other things, 
you know, and I'm not naming names, I'm not chatting shit, I'm just saying, like, there's a certain amount to be said for acts that don't, you know, stray too far from the path of the cause. So, like, I always say the same band comes back to them every time, but Iron Maiden have done the same record for, like, 35 years. It's always the same branding, it's the same type of tunes, it's... It's like, that's why they're, they're still relevant and they're still big today and still selling sh shows out because, you know, they've given their fan base exactly what they want. So once you have a fan base, which most of have, it's really important to not alienate them or push them away and give them stuff that they, they don't want or, or, or are interested in. You know, yeah. you, you know, but at the same time, it's playing to like the people that make you a band, you gotta keep yourself happy and mm -hmm. fulfilled. So it's, it's a balance. Yeah. I love balance. this. Yeah, thank you so much. No worries, no worries. <laughs> Bye.